Welcome to Ignite Depot. My name is Apostle Milton Jones. I want to welcome you and thank you for joining us this evening. Man, I'm guaranteeing you that we're going to have a great time in the Word today. So I pray that you come with your eyes open, ready to see, and with your ears open, ready to hear, and your heart is open, ready to receive the engrafted Word of God that's going to change your life forever if you make a decision to do so. You know, the thing about God is people have this misconception that, you know, God can just do whatever it is He wants to do. Now, let me tell you, He has the power to be able to do it, but because of the covenant he has in the earth, he doesn't have the authority to be able to do it. He will never go against your will. Say that with me. He will never go against your will. If you make a decision that you don't want to follow him, God's not going to force you. He'll give you every opportunity to do so. But if you make the decision, hey, I'm going to go my own way, then he'll let you do that, even though it's not his desire for that to happen to you at all, because he has a great life planned for you in the name of Jesus. You know, it's kind of like the binoculars that's behind me. You can either, there's two ways to look at it. You can look and see what it is in front of you, or you can look and see but not see it's the same thing when it comes to the things of God you can see but not see you can hear and not hear and we talked about this a few weeks ago that the a lot of times when people hear the word of God because Jesus is talking about the kingdom of God, or God's way of doing things, and they're not born again, they run into an issue that they read it, but they don't have any understanding or any concept. Man, what in the world does all that mean? I mean, I heard the preacher preaching, and when he said it, man, he made it seem so simple and easy. And when I read the exact same thing, I read it, and I could kind of comprehend a little bit about what it says, but man, understanding it like they was understanding it, man, that was way over my head. What was the difference? It was different because the person who's born again has put on the eyes so that in their spiritual eyes, they can see beyond what it is that's written. And you gives you revelation, a comprehensive insight of what the word of God has to say. Now, what we're going to do tonight, man, we're going to build on that house. That's the great thing about the Word of God. I don't care if you read the same scripture over and over and over again. You'll never be able to exhaust all the revelations, our insights, our perceptions that you'll be able to receive from it if you come with a heart open and ready to receive. Are you interested? Are you ready? Do I have your attention? Man, let's jump right in. I'm going to make this declaration and we're going to go ahead and go. It says, the spirit of the Lord God is upon me because he's the one who has anointed me to preach good tidings unto the meek. He sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captive, to open up the prison to them that are bound, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord, the day of vengeance of our God, and to comfort all who mourn. He says, glory to God. He says, to point unto them the morning Zion, to give unto them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the government of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that they might be called the trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he might be glorified. And they, talk about the ones who the spirit of the Lord is upon, they shall build the old waste. And they shall raise up the former desolation and they shall repair the way cities, the desolation of many generations. See, that's the other thing. A lot of times people pray and say, God do, God do. But see, the thing about God is God, whatever God does, he uses men and women in the earth to carry out the assignments to which you are praying for. If you're asking God, 
you know, Lord, I need a job. You know, he'll he'll cause you to find favor somewhere or, you know, God, you know, send me, you know, my my, my mate and everything. Well, he's going to prepare you and he's going to prepare them because he wants them to get a good deal just like you want to get a deal. And see, you can't be a broken down Pinto uh, or a broken down Ford Explorer and you're expecting to get a, you know, getting a Lamborghini. I mean, it don't work that way. God wants you to be blessed just like he wants the other person to be blessed. So if you want Lamborghini type uh, uh, partner, you got to come up with Lamborghini type lifestyle. Not talking about money. And we're going to talk about that today in the name of Jesus. Are you ready? Let's pray. Father, we give you glory, honor, and praise. And thank you for this opportunity in your word. We thank you that the preaching and teaching will not be with enticing words of man's wisdom, but let it be in demonstration of spirit and power. Holy Spirit, you're already here. Move up and down each and every aisle. Touch each and every person right now in the name of Jesus. Thank you that we have ears to hear, we have eyes to see, and our hearts are open and ready to receive the engrafted word of God that will ultimately change our lives forever. We covenant with you for miracles, signs, wonders, manifestations of the gifts of the Holy Spirit as you see fit. Father, right now, touch each and every person who is listening to this. Touch each and every person who's watched a fresh touch, a new touch. Put your loving arms around. Let them know you are not alone. Let them know, Father God, that you are there. Let them know, Father God, that burdens are being removed and yokes, bondages, chains that have kept you bound for years are being broken right now. In Jesus' name we pray with thanksgiving. Amen and amen. We're going to make this declaration. Say this with me. This is my Bible. The Bible is God speaking to me. The Bible is the truth. It reveals what I should believe. It tells me how I should think. And it shows me how I should walk. The word of God is the most important thing. Say that with me again. The word of God is the most important thing. See, as a believer, as someone who is born again, the word of God has to become the most important thing in your life. Why? Because all instruction, all direction, all guidance by Jesus, who is now the head of your life. And now you as a born again believer, you are now his disciple, which means you are his student. Everything he's going to give you is going to be referenced from the word of God. And if you have not made a decision to, like we talked about last week, to be able to begin to study, study the word for yourself, study to, so you can rightly divide the word of the truth, study to make sure that what you are believing is in line with what the word has to say. And then daily, like the milk, like a newborn babe who hungers and thirsts for the word. So what, so what, so what happens when that baby gets that milk? He begins to grow and it helps him to develop and it helps them to nurture them and it helps them to, to grow up in, in life. It's the same thing. The same thing the milk does for the baby It's the same thing that the word does for your spirit. It helps to begin to grow and to become stronger because the bottom line is, is you are a three part being, you are a spirit who lives in a physical body, who possesses your soul. Now, your soul is your mind, your will, and your emotion, which means it's your chooser, your feeler, and your thinker. And I'm going to show you this is how it works. When you have a problem that happens, the, the, the 
the, your spirit man sends a signal up to your mind, which is your, which is to your soul, which is your mind, will, and emotions. It tells you how you should respond to that situation based on the word of God. But your flesh, your your five physical senses also tells you how you should respond. Now, somebody cuts you off in traffic, your spirit man will say, hey, forgive them, you know, uh, ask God to forgive them and keep going on your way, walk in love towards them. Your spirit man, on, I mean, your flesh on the outside, your five physical senses or your flesh will say, man, you better get that joker towed. You better follow them. You got to show, pull up one of your fingers and let them know that they are number one. Though that is the difference, the difference between whether you're going to respond to your flesh or whether you're going to respond to your spirit is, is your mind or your will and your emotions renewed or changed or con converted or conformed to respond according to God's way of doing things. You are the deciding factor. God can't decide that for you. Jesus won't decide that for you. The Holy Ghost can't respond, re decide that for you. You are the deciding factor. And that's why we're going to talk about today that today is the point of decision. Now we've been talking about, we talked about last week about, man, there, you know, this is a point of no return. You know, we've made a decision. We've drawn the line in the sand and we said from this point on, man, I'm going to be a, I'm going to follow after God. I'm going to do it his way. I'm going to operate according to the kingdom of God. I'm going to begin to change the way that I'm living, to change the decisions I made, change the, the actions that I've been doing, and I'm going to do it all according to the word of God. And I'm going to be intentional about it. So I'm going to, every day I'm going to study the word. Every day I'm going to desire the milk of the word. I'm going to uh, search for the word of God like a baby is searching for milk. Man, I got to have it. You know, it's like, I got to have it, man. I got to have it. I got to have it. And the thing about it is the more you desire the sincere milk of the word, the more you begin to get the word on the inside of you, it begins to change or convert the way that you think and the way that you think would it you know because this is what happened you get words and words produce emotions and emotions produce uh uh, uh thoughts and thoughts produce decisions and decisions produce actions and actions produce results so if you want to change your results you got to change your actions you want to change your actions you got to change your decisions you want to change your decisions you got to change your emotions you want to change your emotions you got to change your thoughts if you want to change your thoughts you got to change you got to change what it is that you have heard because if you go with the first thing that jumps in your mind typically that's not going to be the right answer because you're going to be responding according to your flesh are you ready here we go See, the word of God says this, except the Lord builds your house. This is Psalms 127 and 1. Except the Lord builds your house. And we talked about this last week about, hey, man, for every house, the most important thing in that house is not the foundation initially, but the most important thing about that house is the blueprint. It tells you how it was originally intended to be designed. It tells you exactly what, where this was supposed to go and, and where the door is supposed to be in and how deep the foundation is supposed to be and how high the, the rooms are supposed to be. But it, without that blueprint, if that builder goes out there and begins to build, he may get a result, but he's going to be building in vain. And that's what it says here in Psalms 127 and 1. It says, except the Lord build the house, they labor in vain 
who build it. Except the Lord keeps the city, the watchman walks and wakes up in vain. It says this, it says, unless God is the one who's building your house, according to his blueprint, even if you get it built up, you will get it built, but man, you're going to be the one who's responsible for it. See, a lot of people, this is what they do. They pray and say, God, bless my plan. And God's like, I can't bless your plan unless your plan matches his plan. See, when we go to God, this is what we say. You know, Father, your kingdom come, your will be done in earth, in my life today. What is your will concerning my marriage? What's your will concerning my family? What's your will concerning my employment? What's your will concerning what university I'm going to go to? What's your will concerning this person I'm thinking about dating? Because you all, as a, as a citizen of the kingdom of God, as a disciple, you always want to check with your head, which is Jesus, to find out what is God's desire, our purpose, our plan concerning my mate. Now, what does that word vain mean? It says, man, if you lay, if except the Lord builds your house, when you labor to build it, you're laboring in vain. That word vain means it's empty, it's worthless. It, you know, it has no substance. Even though you have the house built up, man, it is not the house that God could have gotten to you, which would be far better than what it is that you have. Even if you had the, the job that you always wanted, but if it's not according to his plan, you'll have it, but it's not the best that he would have had for your life. Prime example, when I was growing up, I always wanted to be a lawyer. <laughs> I wanted to be a lawyer or a firefighter. But then I, went, I was actually in firefighter school. And then guys like, you know, I never called you to do this. I'm like, what do you mean you never called me to do this? I've been wanting to do this my whole life. So I fasted and prayed for like three days. And then I, I stepped back. And I'm like, okay, Ben. Okay, Lord, what am I, what is it I'm supposed to do? So I'm fasting all day and it's almost time for me to get ready to go to class. And then I said, Lord, what is it that I'm supposed to do? And he says, I never called you that. I called you to do youth ministry. I'm like, youth ministry? Psh, man, ain't no such thing as youth ministry. He said, yes, it is. I said, no, it ain't. He said, yes, it is. I said, no, it ain't. He said, yes, it is. And I'm going to prove it. He says, this is what you do. Saturday, go to this place and I'm going to show you there's a such thing as a youth ministry. Man, I was in Michigan. I drove from, from the Detroit area, rode down to like Lima, Ohio. Lima, Ohio. Never even been there. I rode up in there and went in this church. Guess what? They was having a seminar about youth ministry. And guess what I found out? That was very much a big deal about youth ministry. But in my mind, I'm thinking, man, please, come on, man. So then I'm like, okay, well, if this is what you call me to do, you're going to have to show me how to do it because I didn't know anything about being no youth minister. I didn't know anything about you. I didn't know anything. All I know is this is what God says he called me to be, called me to do. So I'm, I'm at work one day because I was working in automotive. I was working, and then I, was, I had this little hose, and I was cleaning off the line, and I'm like, Lord, but I want to be a firefighter. I'm having this, I'm having this pity party. Nobody knows. I'm having this pity party. I always wanted to be a firefighter. He said, you are. I said, no, I'm not. He said, you are. I said, no, I'm not. I said, okay, prove it. See that? I said, prove it. He said this. He said, you're a firefighter when somebody has a situation going in their life and they don't know what to do. So I'll give you a word to say to them that will put out the fire in their life. How many people know I didn't have nowhere to go at that point? I said, well, okay, bet. What about being a lawyer? He said, you're a lawyer too? I said, 
Okay, now you're going to really show me that one. He says, you're a lawyer because what does a lawyer do? A lawyer stands in the gap and represents somebody else who can't represent themselves. He says, when you come to me in prayer, he says, on somebody else's behalf, you are operating as a lawyer. He says, so see, you're a lawyer and you're a firefighter and you're in youth ministry. I'm like, I, I, how many people know you don't have anywhere to go unless I allowed him to build my house. Even if I would have been a firefighter, I would have never been totally fulfilled. Even if I would have became a lawyer, I would have never been totally fulfilled. But I will tell you, when I became a youth minister and when I became a youth pastor and I really understood what it was all about, man, let me tell you, I wouldn't have traded it for anything. It was the greatest experience. In fact, I still have youth to this day who still are in contact with me and some of them have gone on to do ministry themselves. Why? Because that one act of obedience, being obedient and allowing God to build my house, changed my life forever. Now, he told me to remind you of this. He see, what you don't understand is what Jesus, he didn't just come, you know, just for your sins. Jesus came to give you life. Now, he says in John chapter 10, verse 10, he says, there's a thief. Talk about the adversary. Talk about Satan. Some people call him the devil. He comes for one, he has three points to his, his mode of operation. He comes to steal, he comes to kill, and he comes to destroy. Now, he's coming to steal, he comes to steal, kill, and destroy. What is he coming to steal? What is he coming to kill? What is he coming to destroy? Well, first of all, he's coming to try to steal your identity. See, if you don't know you who you are, then it's easy for him to be able to do the second form, for him to kill your purpose. Now, your purpose is that, you know, that which, it, it, which you have a focused view on. So uh, uh, this is the reason why I'm here in the first place. And see, if he stole your identity, if he's killed your purpose, man, in essence, he's already destroyed your life. What life? Not life, not that you die, but you never reach the full capacity of what it is that God had for you from the foundation of the world. See, in Jeremiah chapter 1, verse 5, he's, God says, I already knew you. Man, I knew you before I formed you in your mama's womb, before your mama and daddy looked at each, each other with the googie eyes and hooked up and got together. God says, I already knew you. I knew all the stuff you would say. I know all the stuff you would do. He says, I already had a plan from your life. He says, I already approved you. I already chose you. And I already gave you a purpose. See, if you're here and you're listening to this right now, or you're watching this right now, it's not by accident. It was divinely appointed. God knew you would be here right now at this time, at this place, in this season of your life. And he's like, look, you can, you, he said, you, you got a choice. Like we talked about last week, man, you got a choice. You can choose life and blessings, or you can choose death and cursing. God says, man, psh, the choice is yours. He doesn't make the choice for you. Nobody makes the choice for you. See, this is the, this is, this is the thing. If I, I just, why I don't try to talk people and stuff. I just give them the word and let them decide what they're going to do with it. Because this is the point. If I can talk you into it, somebody else can talk you out of it. If I can talk you into it, somebody can talk you out of it. Man, it's kind of like when I went to the Marine Corps. 
And I'm gonna tell you the funny. I'm gonna tell you the funny thing about that. When I actually I was I was in ROTC in high school, which is reserve junior reserve officers training corps. It's like you know you're getting a little taste of what the military is like, you know, while you're still in high school. Well, I went to you know different recruiters. I actually went into the Marine Corps office as a joke. I'm like, man, please, I don't heard them jokers are crazy. They jumping off buildings with no rope. You know, they 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 crack. They always looking to fight somebody. I'm like, man, I don't want to be crazy like that. I said, man, I'm gonna go in there and play with his mind. So I walk in the re recruiter's office. I walk in, you know, I'm in high school. I walk in and everything. And this, my recruiter, Charge, uh, Sergeant King, he was so smooth. He's like, look, man, I'm gonna let you watch this film. He said, then we'll talk. After you watch the film, I'm like, okay, bet. You know, I ain't signed anything. Ain't none, ain't none popping yet. Okay, boom, cool. So I, I, I'm sitting in there talking about God has a plan for your life. I'm sitting in and I'm watching that video. And as I'm watching that video, something clicked. And when the thing that clicked to me is everything that they was doing, I saw myself doing. I mean, I, I, you know, I, it's hands on and you're climbing ropes and you're jumping out and you're doing this and you're blowing stuff up. And I'm like, whoo, man, I'm like something to me just clicked. And then after I watched the film, he said, man, do you have any questions? I said, yeah, I got a question. I said, what does it take for me to enlist? He's like, how old are you? I said, I'm 17. He said, man, you got to be at least 18. I get your parents approval. I said, when can you be at my mama's house? He said, I could be there tomorrow. I said, bet, I'll see you tomorrow. So I go home, I tell my parents, I'm like, hey, man, I went to the Marine Corps recruiter office today, and when I went in there, man, woohoo! I said, it was so off. I said, I, I want to do that. That's what I want to do. And my mom was like, you ain't saying nothing yet, do you? I said, nope. He'll be here tomorrow. That's what I need you to do. I, I seen something, something that was already sewn on the inside of me that says, hey, this is going to be very instrumental in my purpose. And ever since I went through the Marine Corps, I went through boot camp, I was a tank driver and gunner and, and everything, you know, and I ain't lost, your boy ain't lost his skills, so I'm just saying. But ever since that time and everything, it helped me, being in the Marine Corps helped me to understand structure and order you know how god it god it does everything in decency and order he, i understand commands i understand instruction so when i talk about it i could hey i understand when you get a command you follow that command unless it's illegal immoral or unethical you follow that command so the adversary came and what he wanted to do he wanted to steal your identity he wanted to kill your purpose so he can destroy your life but can i give you some good news but jesus said but i have come that you might have life and have it in abundance to the full until it overflows now he says i wanted you to have this life so much i was willing to lay down my life to make sure that you got it now, why would he say that you may have life? He, why? Because ultimately, whether you end up with the life that he has for you, the, the eternal life, the God kind of life, the life as it was before Adam and Eve fell in the garden is not up to him because it's kind of like this. I've already provided it for you. Do you want it? All you have to do is take it. All you have to do is receive it. But most people say, no, man, you got to do this and you got to do that and you got to climb this mountain. You got to do that. And you got to. No, 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 no. Jesus already took care of all that. Jesus says, hey, I went and I went when I went. To, he went to the cross. He paid for every sin that you would ever make past, present and future. All you have to do is receive 
his offer of forgiveness. Then he says, the moment you receive my offer of forgiveness, the moment you receive what it is I did for you, and the moment you make me the head of your life, he says, then you step over into this new life. See, even though I went through boot camp, and even though it was 12 weeks of purity, H-E-double hockey stick, man, at the end of it, none of that mattered until we got to graduation day. On graduation day, when they call your name and you're standing there at attention, they call your name. And then when they, they call like our platoon was uh, 2068 in, in Paris Island, South Carolina, they said platoon 2068, dismissed. And when they said platoon 2068, dismissed. What did that mean? You have now graduated and crossed over to the other side. And see, when you say Jesus, I make you the head of my life. I accept you as the head of my life. I believe you died for me on the cross and you was raised again for my benefit on my behalf. And I accept you as head of my life right now. You have did just said to your old life, old life, you are dismissed and you are stepping over into something that is new. See, there's always going to seem, you know, the world will always present this facade or this knockoff to say, you know, man, there's a better way. There's an easier way. And we talked about that, too, about how, you know, the world always present, man, we got a better way. I'm going to help you. The world will say, I will get, help you to get God's results without none of that God stuff. I don't want you to have no dealings with no religion at all. That's what they say. Man, are you religious? I said, not at all. And it's like, yes, you are because you believe. I said, no, 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 no. I said, There's, there are religions, but but that doesn't make me religious. See, I'm a citizen of the kingdom of God. I'm a follower of Jesus Christ. I'm a, I, I, and I am, my mandate is to always follow and understand what the kingdom of God, God's governing system that regulates, controls, and, and provides the needs of mankind apart from the world system. That's how we roll. Now, there is the world will say, man, but there's an easier way. You don't need all that stuff. See, there's, two, there's always two ways. Because, see, what religion was do, see, when Jesus came to, came to give you life, he came to restore you back to the kingdom of God or God's way of doing things. But what religion would do, and you'll say, man, I'm not religious, but I'm, I'm, let me put you up on something. Everybody operates in some form of religion. And I, I'm going to explain to you why I say that. See, religion, the definition of religion means the adherence to a set of beliefs that regulates the moral, social, and uh, ritualistic behavior of individuals. So even if you call yourself an atheist, or even if you say you're a secularist, or even if you say you're a communist, or socialist, or humanist, or agnostic, all of them have adhered to a belief system of some kind, which actually regulates or determines how their, their moral, social, unrealistic, ritualistic behaviors of those individuals, all of them have it. People say, I'm, but you know, you get dressed. You say, I do it religiously. Like when I used to go to the gym before I got born again, I would go, I call it, I went religiously. I had to have it. I had to go, you know, once a day for at least an hour, never over an hour, no, never longer than an hour and a half, 
every day like clockwork, rain, sleet, or snow. I call that my sanctuary. To this day, I still call it my sanctuary, but I look at it in a totally different manner because now I'm not going to be all swole because guess what? When I used to go before, when I first got born again, I used to go to the gym all the time. And when I first got born again, I was standing in the mirror one day. And this is what the father said to me. He says, on the outside, you got all these muscles. He says, but your spirit, man, the real you is as skinny as an Ethiopian child that you see on one of those commercials. I'm like, what? He says, your spirit, man, the real you, the, the, the force that is supposed to be controlling your life is as small as one of those Ethiopian children that you see on TV. And what will happen is if you put more emphasis on your outside than you do on your inside, you will always be uh, 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 dictated to by your flesh. Your flesh will always make the decisions. You're out of man because that's what you give more attention to. He says, but what I need you to do is to spend more time developing your inner man, spending time in my word, going to going to services on Sunday, praying, spending time, fellowshipping with other believers so you can build your inner man up to be, be stronger than your outer man. So when a situation circumstance comes up, your inner man will send a signal to your mind, will emotions, and you will respond more based off of what my word says, then what you're outside or everything around you tells you you're supposed to be responding. See, there's there's two ways. And he, see, you, you can do it the kingdom of God way or you can do it the world's way. So you ask, am I religious? Not at all. Do I teach people about the kingdom of God? Every single day. Do I teach people about how to operate according to the, uh, God's word? Every single day. Do I want you to, to make a decision to be a, a disciple, a student, a follower of the word? Every single day, all day long. Why? Because there's ways that seem right. But those ways, the end of those ways, end up in death destruction and chaos because we talked about this a few weeks ago man what would it profit you to gain everything in this world and lose your soul in the process what did you gain absolutely nothing you could have it all and lose your soul and gain nothing so why we have all this big emphasis about this being the point of decision because see actually god the word of god came forth this year says this is a year of correction, of direction, of protection, and perfection. So God says, I'm going to use this year to be a year of correction, to, to correct you, to change your directions for your protection, and to bring about perfection. Now, perfection means wholeness. He says, I'm going to do it in your spirit, in your soul, which is your mind, will, and emotion, and in your body. And it's going to be in your finances. You'll see it in your churches. You'll see it in governments in every area of your life. Now, what does that word correction? What do you mean correct? That word correct means God says, I'm going to use this year to make things right. I'm going to bring things to the standard of truth. John 17, 17 <coughs> says this. It says, Jesus said, Father, sanctify them or set them apart by your truth, your word is truth so people ask does god correct point one is god correct absolutely god corrects but how you know what do you mean god corrects well proverbs chapter 3 says this it says uh verse 11 says my son don't despise the chastening or the correction of the lord 
nor detest his correction. For whom the Father loves, he corrects. What does that word correct do? He makes right or he brings to a standard of truth just as a father, the son, and whom he delights. So God corrects you and me because he loves us and he wants to make things right so we can have our best life yet. So we can fully embrace that life that Jesus came to give us. He says, but how does he correct? Does he put sickness and disease on me? Does he have to cause me to lose my job? Does he cause me to, to, to lose my mind? Does he cause my wife to leave me? Does he cause a dog to bite me? How does he correct? Well, he says this in 2 Timothy chapter 3. I believe it's verse 16. It says, every scripture is God-breathed, given by his inspiration, and profitable for what? For instruction, for reproof, for conviction of sin, conviction simply means convincing that there's a better way for correction of error and discipline and obedience and for training in righteousness and holy living and conformity to God's will and thought, purpose and acts. God says, man, I, I don't have to put chaos on you. I don't have to put sickness and disease on you. I don't have to bring all kind of calamity on you to correct you. He says, because I use my word to correct you it says in john chapter 8 believe it's verse 32 says jesus says if you continue in my word you are my disciples my students indeed and you will know the truth and what does that truth do the truth which is the word of god makes you free it makes you free from all kind of all kind of situations and circumstance that you've been bound up in you know, and, and why does he correct you? He says this in 2 Timothy chapter 3, 16. He says, he says, I correct you for this reason. So that the man or woman of God may be complete and proficient, well fitted and thoroughly equipped for every good work. Why does he correct you? Because he loves you. How does he correct you? With his word. What's the purpose of correcting you? So that you can be complete and proficient, well fitted and thoroughly equipped for every good work. But can two people walk together? Amos 3 and 3. Can two people walk together except they be agreed? Now, I will tell you this. Man, when it comes to, you know, what, when it, if I want to understand how to have a better relationship, like, Mike, when uh, Pastor Joe and I, you know, we're, when we're dealing with a marital situation, we go to the Word of God to find out, what does the word say about this situation? See, a lot of times when, you know, the Bible says in Matthew chapter 7, verse 5, verse 21, it says, you know, or verse 15, first it says, you will recognize them by their fruit. Can you? The only way you're going to tell if an apple tree is an apple tree, if it just has leaves on it, is when apples appear. The only way you're going to be able to tell it's a peach tree is when peaches begin to appear. But just by simply looking at something, you can't tell what kind of fruit is going to bear. It's the same thing when it comes when it comes to dating. You can't tell what was really going on in that person. I mean, you know, brothers, you might look at her and she got lips, hips, and fingertips. And she's like, pow, 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 pow. And you're like, that's got to be the Lord. But man, the more, I mean, you know, beauty is in the eye of the beholder. But man, that ugly 
it goes all the way to the bone, which means they could be beautiful on the outside, man, like a fine wine on the outside. But boy, when you begin to hear stuff that begins to come out of their mouth, you'll be like, baby, please ooh, stop talking because it just makes you look so foul. And I mean, but 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 brothers, it's the same thing with us. I mean, you know, we can be all buffed and, and cut and, you know, and all that good stuff, but you still living in your mama's basement and you have no plans of moving out. You don't have any vision on, on, on what you're going to do with your life. Man, I'm going to yo low, man. I'm going to, you know, you only live once. So I'm going to be like Burger King. I'm going to have it my way right away. And it's like, it can't be like that because, see, God has a greater plan. And see, you can't tell just by looking at somebody whether they're good or whether they're bad, whether they're producing good fruit. Because, see, only a good tree can produce good fruit. And only a bad tree can produce bad fruit. See, a tree, you will know a tree by the fruit that it bears. And, and you know, when you're talking about, like, when we counsel people, and they're like, man, what if I I'm, I'm a believer and this person has a totally different belief? Should we hook up? Let me help save you some trouble. Uh, according to the word, no. Why? Because either you're going to influence them or they're going to influence you, but what's going to end up happening is, is if that person's core beliefs is based on what they believe from, you know, from their religion or the way that their mom and daddy raised them. When situations, y'all may have a lot of things in common, but when y'all get to the nitty gritty or some hardcore stuff, they're always going to revert back to what it is they already believe because it's something that is established on the inside of them. Second Corinthians chapter six, verse 14 says, don't be yoked together. Don't hook up with the unbeliever. For what does righteousness or right living have to do with wickedness? Or what do they have in common? Or what fellowship does light have with darkness? Like if you already know you're never going to change and be that way, the way that they are or follow after what they do, there will be conflict in your house. I'm going to tell you this. Love is blind, but marriage is an eye opener. Because when you get married and y'all hook up, and, and, and then the truth begins to come out because, I mean, you know, Pastor Drew and I dated, man, there was a lot of things we learned before we got married. But boy, there's a lot of things we learned after we said, I do. And it was because of the commitment that we have first with one another, well, first with God and then with one another that holds our bond together. We let the word of God correct us. That's what this is all about. If you ask the if you ask the question, you have to be prepared to receive an answer. See, before I became the man that I am today, I wasn't always like this, man. I mean, I had my woohoo. If you man, if you if you talk to my mama and you talk to people who knew me before, they'd be like, there is no way in heck he'd ever be a pastor. There's no shoot, pastor, man. We'd be barely thinking that joke would ever go to church. I had my time in, out there. I did my thing. That's why I'm going to tell you, man, you, you you throw that game, you talking that, spitting that game, man, you ain't talking about nothing. Because guess what? When I used to do the things I used to do, what it really emphasized to me was not that, was that I did not have as much respect to understand my identity. Because if I knew understood my identity when I was young, I would have never allowed myself to end up with all the all the people who I ended up dating and doing the things that we did. Because, see, either I'm going to be a, a part of the solution or I'm going to be part of the problem. 
there were people who, there was a lot of collateral damage that happened as a result of me not knowing who I was. So I didn't know my identity. So I'm just trying to find out what my purpose was. And I can be 100 with you. I couldn't even tell you I loved you. If a female told me that she loved me, whoo, whoo, that was like, oh, it's time. I got to go. We can't have none of that. Mm -mm, mm -mm, mm -mm, mm -mm. And what caused me to make that decision was when I was 12 years old, one of my favorite uncles was killed. And when he was killed, at 12 years old, I made this decision. I will never let anybody get so close to me that they can hurt me. Because when he died, that hurt me. So for years, I, I didn't, now, it didn't say I didn't want to be loved, but I will, could not let you get so close to me that you could hurt me. Because, see, if you could hurt me, that means you could, if I get, let you get close, that means you could leave me. If you leave me, that means you could hurt me. If you hurt me, then I'm doing the same cycle. So what I would do is I would always put keep people at a bay. At bay, if a female said, I would love you, uh -uh, I got to do something. I got to do something to get you up off me. I got to do something. To, now, I'm not going to be physical with you. I ain't going to beat you up, but I got to do something that's going to cause you to back up off me because now you're getting close enough that you can hurt me. But what changed all that? The word of God. I learned how much God loved me. And when I learned how much God loved me, and how he, how he sent his son Jesus to die for me. And how he thought I was worth it. And how he had a purpose. And he had a plan. And he had a vision for my life from the foundation of the world. It changed my life. It, now, it didn't happen overnight. But guess what? It's because I didn't have somebody who could mentor me and teach me like we do with other people. Man, if you call us and say, hey, I want you to, can you mentor me? We will mentor you according to to God's word. When I went to when I went to boot camp and everything, my help dad, man, I love that guy. My help dad, he told me, he says, I want you to go down there and get those dress blues. Dress blues means you're gonna graduate number one out of your platoon. He says, but I don't want you to get it from me. This is how much love I have for this man. He says, I don't want you to get it from me. I wanted you to get it for your father. Because see, my biological father died my senior year of high school. So months before I was going into the Marine Corps, my dad, my biological father, had died. And I didn't really have a, that much of a relationship with him. But I spent three of my last three years getting to know him. And people say, well, well, do you regret that? I said, man, I'd rather have those three years than never have known at all. But when I, I went, by the time I went to boot camp, I was still hurt. I was still wounded. So when my help dad said that to me, why are you calling my help dad? Because he helped me to become the man I am today. He spoke that word into my life. And when I went into boot camp, that's that between between that prayers and my mother mailed me a letter every single day for 12 weeks. Helped me get through boot camp. And what boot camp did was begin to shape me and reform me into a much to to a better man, a man I'd never seen before. So when I came into the body of Christ and I understand how the word, it will shape me and help make me and correct me and position me and perfect me to become all he, his, he promised me from the foundation of the world. God's not a respect of person. He wants to do the same thing for you. But you have to make this your point of decision.
Man, I already made a, this. I, I already made a point of no return. I'm not going back, but I'm going to make a decision today that God, your word, your, your word is going to be the final authority. Your word is allowed to bring correction. Your word, I, when I read your word, I'm not going to try to deny it. I'm not going to try to make it fit to be what I want it to be. I'm not going to change the definitions. I'm going to make a decision to do your word. What I hear your, when I read your word, you give me understanding. And I'm going to apply it to my everyday life. Is that you today? Have you made a decision to let God's word be the final authority? Have you made a decision to let God correct you by his word? Because he loves you so much that he wants you to be equipped and fitted and thoroughly equipped for every good work that he has for your life. Are you ready to do that? Or do you want to continue to go that old way? Because, you know, there's a way that seems right. But the end of that way is death. Man, we talked about you can't two two people can't walk together unless they be agreed. It's like that with God. It's like that with relationships. Man, if you're trying to get in a relationship and there are already things that you don't agree, man, don't spend time, you know, six, seven, eight months getting all caught up in emotions just to end up in what you already know is gonna go the a way of separation. But see, when you make a decision to let God's word correct, be the one to guide you. You let it guide how, which way you're going to go and how you're going to go about doing it. You let his word have the final authority. Can I invite you to be coming to the kingdom of God? Can I invite you today to make a decision? God, I make a decision to let your word be the final authority. I make a decision to allow your word to correct me. I make a decision that whatever I read in your word, I'm going to apply it to my everyday life, even if it goes totally against what other people are saying for me to do. God, I make a decision to do that today. If you want to do that, let's make the first step. First step is what you got to do. You got to be born again. Why well, you got to be born again? Because if you're not born again, you won't be able to see, understand, or perceive God's way of doing. How do you do that? How do you get born again? It's simple. According to Romans 8, 9, and 10, it says this. Romans 10, verses 8, 9, and 10, it says, The word of God is near you. It's in your heart. It's in your mouth. It's the word of faith which we preach, that if you will confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. But with the heart, man believes unto righteousness, but with your mouth, confession is made unto salvation. So pray this prayer with me. Say, Dear Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, I do believe Jesus Christ is the Son of God. I believe he died for me on the cross and carried my sins for me. I believe he was put in a grave, but now he's risen. He's alive right now. Lord Jesus, come into my heart and save me now. I repent of sin. I'm sorry, Lord. I receive your offer of forgiveness. Right now, I'm born again. Right now, I'm in right standing. And right now, I'm a citizen of the kingdom of God. In Jesus' name, I pray. 
Amen and amen. Well, glory to God. I want to thank you. I want to welcome you, welcome you, welcome you into the kingdom of God. Welcome you into right position and welcome you into right relationship. So what do you do now? And you got to get in a good word-based church that teaches about the death, burial, resurrection of Jesus Christ and also teaches about the kingdom of God and operating according to the love of God. Man, when you understand just how much God loves you, it changes everything everything and the only way you're going to find that out the only way it's going to correct your mindset as far as the love of god you gotta talk the word of god every person needs a pastor and a pastor will help train you teach you and grow you up in the things of god now what else what happens if you're too far away you can't get here you know because we're here every every saturday afternoon at 6 p.m what if you can't get here man catches by way of youtube catches on facebook um catches on twitter but if you're, hey, you're driving, you're in your car, you just want to go back and listen to this message again, this and other messages, man, hook, click on uh, our podcast, Ignite the Number Two Life. That's Ignite the Number Two Life podcast and catch these, this and all other messages that we've had in the past concerning the kingdom of God. Now, subscribe to the YouTube channel, subscribe to the podcast, man. We love to know, hear that you see that you're out there, that you're supporting us and everything. And remember this, you are at the point of decision. God's word is the final authority. Continuing that word will make you free, man. On behalf of Pastor Joanne and myself and the entire night nation, we want to thank you for joining us this week. We'll see you next time. God bless you. Bye-bye.